First Kings chapter 20. While you turn there, look at your neighbor and say, keep this man. First Kings chapter 20, and let's look in verse, we'll look in verse 39, but let me set it up first. We're in the middle of a battle. In the middle of a battle, King Ahab has already defeated 33 kings and their armies. A war is raging. And uh, in verse 39, pick it up there. And as the king passed by, he cried unto the king, and he said, Thy servant went out in the midst of the battle. And behold, a man turned aside and brought a man unto me and said, Keep this man. If by any means he be missing, then shall thy life be for his life, or else thou shalt pay a talent of silver. And as thy servant was busy here and there, notice that, busy here and there, he was gone. And the king of Israel said unto him, So shall thy judgment be, thyself hast decided. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak to us in your word today. Let us see something. Let us understand you in a way that we never have. Let us assess who we are in you today in Christ Jesus. Everybody believes that, receives that, said amen. Amen. Picture this. They're in a raging battle. It's the clashing of swords and the clashing of shields and horses and chariots are rattling and hollering and screaming and it's hand-to-hand combat. Men are yelling, men are crying, men are screaming. They're in a hard, horrid, horrid place of battle. And this man comes running up with a man and he says, you keep this man in the middle of this battle, you keep him. And if you lose him, it's going to be your life for his life. You keep him in the middle of this battle, or you're going to be your life for his life. And the word keep their guard means keep him as your first priority. Keep in the, he- in the Greek, in the Hebrew actually says, hedge him up, put him in a hedge, put boundaries around him, let, let him go only so far, keep him safe. If he goes missing, it's, it's your life for his life. Hedge him up. Keep him. Put boundaries on him. And if you lose him, it's your life for his life. And so in the middle of all this warfare, you keep him hedged in. Because when the king comes back, he's going to ask you, where is this man? And the king is coming back. And he's going to say, what did you do with this man? Did you keep this man? Did you hedge him in? See, the king that's coming back is Jesus. And the man in the hedge is you. And if you don't keep him in the hedge, if you lose him, you lose your life. And whether you know it or not, you're in the middle of a battle. Everybody with me okay today? So the king comes and he says, where's he at? Has he escaped? What was so important that you let that man get out the hedge? 
Were you overpowered by the enemy? No, sir, I wasn't. Were you seduced by women and wine? No, sir, I wasn't. Did you forget that I charged you to keep him? No, sir, I didn't. But what happened? Your Bible told you. He said, I just got busy here and there. I just got busy. I was supposed to be keeping the man. My first priority was to keep that man, keep him hedged up, but I, I just got busy here and there. The king would say, you, you, you got busy and you lost the man because you got busy. King, I wasn't lazy. I wasn't negligent. I was just busy. You see, King, I have a busy life and I get distracted. Like most of us today would say, go easy on me, preacher. Church isn't all that I do. I mean, I have responsibilities. I got a house payment. I got a car payment. I work hard all week. I have kids. I have hobbies. Oh, do we have hobbies? I mean, I have to go up to the lake, and I have to go down to the mountains. I have hobbies, preacher. I have to do things, and I'm, I'm very busy here and there. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy here and there. And I just forgot to guard this man. But if you lose the man, you lose your life. Maybe the man promised that he would stay in the hedge. He'd be okay. You didn't have to worry about him. He wouldn't cross out the hedge. You could go do what you had to do, and he wouldn't go too far. He would stay within safe place. But you knew your number one responsibility was to guard this man. But you got busy here and there. You got a little further away from the man and you took your eyes off of him. Then you went back to him you made sure he was safe. Then you got a little further away, a little further away. You took your eyes off of him for a little longer. Then you remembered him and you went back and, and you seen that he was okay. And, and then you got a little further away, and you got, you got to thinking about the man less and less and less and less until you looked for him, and you couldn't find him. Men, your Bible tells you plainly, keep yourself in the hedge. Guard your heart with all diligence, because out of the heart flow the issues of life. Keep yourself from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Keep yourself in the hedge. A hedge is a boundary. You can't let nobody go past that boundary. Let me tell you something. Your flesh man will lie to you. See, I, this isn't Holy Ghost shouting sermon today, but this is one that I hope will keep you saved. And hear what I'm telling you. Your flesh man will lie to you, and you cannot believe the things that he will do if you don't hedge him in. Flesh cannot be trusted. Paul said this. He said, there's no good thing in my flesh. See, if you get out of the hedge of God's word, the Bible says it, that whosoever breaketh the hedge, a serpent abide him. And if you break the hedge, a serpent will bite you. Not, not maybe, not, not sometimes, every time. You say, oh, no, not me. Not me. A servant wouldn't bite me. Yes, you, because you know what? 
You rotten from the inside. You rot from the inside out, and you're nasty from the day to the end. You, you, you just want to tell yourself you're not, but your flesh stinks. Your flesh is dirty. If you don't think your flesh is dirty, spit on your hand, rub it on your wrist, rub it around your ankle and see what you get. You get dirt. Watch this. Maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you've forgotten that you're wrapped in flesh. Have you looked at the works of the flesh lately? How many of you, who, who in here is not wrapped in flesh? How many in here are wrapped in flesh? Okay. Here's what it says. If you're wrapped in flesh, this is the works of the flesh that you're wrapped in. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19. I want you to read it. Galatians 5 and verse 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such a lack. Of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Keep this man. Keep this man in the hedge. Keep him in the hedge because if you let him out of the hedge, the works of the flesh will take hold. And if the works of the flesh take hold, then you're dead because you lose your life with his life. Listen to this. James, James chapter uh, 1, verses 14 and 15. See, it, it doesn't even, you, you don't even have to be overpowered by a devil. It's not, it's not even that a devil comes on, and, on you and gets you. Just leaves you to yourself. Just, just, just let yourself go. Just get out of the hedge and, and, and leave you to yourself. Watch this right here. It says in verse 14, it says, But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. It's, it's, your, it's your lust. It's your thing. It's your nastiness. Every man stands when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. He starts to get weakened. He starts to, starts to succumb to it. He's drawn away of his own lust. He's drawn away of his own lust. He's drawn away means he starts to imagine. He imagine. He starts to imagine that thing that he's lusting after. And then, then as he strongly imagines it, he's enticed. He's weakened. Then when lust has conceived, because once you allow yourself to imagine it and imagine it and you get enticed toward it, then it will conceive because you will make sure that you're in the right place at the right time to do the wrong thing. And it says that, um, it says, then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings death. Brings death. See, you don't, you don't need a devil. All you need is your own lust. All you need is your own flesh. Keep this man. Keep this man. Keep this man. If, listen, if, if you can be God's man and get in the wrong place at the wrong time and you do the wrong thing every time. Let me say it again. You can be God's man, go to the wrong place at the wrong time, and you'll do the wrong thing every time. Yes, you will. Example, 
David's up on a housetop. It's the time that kings should be at war, and he should be at war. He's in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he looks over on the roof next to him, and there is a beautiful Bathsheba bathing. And the next thing you know, he's having adultery with his neighbor's wife. And the next thing you know, he's having his neighbor killed trying to hide the pregnancy. All because he didn't keep the man hedged up. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. This soldier was not a bad man. He was just too busy. He, he, he meant to do the right thing, but he, he let the guy get loose. Keep this man or it's your life. Often I'll ask people, I've been pastoring 34, 35 years, and I'll ask people, hey, out of my concern and my heart for them, I'll say, hey, I've been missing you at church, buddy. Are you doing okay? And, and the answer I get is so sad a lot of times. The answer would be, preacher, I've just been so busy. I had a hard week at work, and, and I had to cut the grass, and had to do the laundry, and, and i just been so busy. But, but you're, not, you're not keeping your flesh hedged up. You're not keeping this man in a hedge. You're not, you're not keeping him hedged up. You're getting a little further and a little further out of the hedge. Say, what you talking about, Pastor? Be honest with yourself. You don't have nowhere near the passion for God that you had when you was first saved. You're far from the character that you had a few years ago. I don't expect nobody to be amen in here. Y'all can sit and look at me. Uh, be honest with yourself. You're not in the Word like you used to be. You don't pray like you used to pray. You don't think nothing about missing church. It used to be you'd never miss, but now you get here when you can. And, and you can really tell where your heart's at because in the middle of all that, you stop tithing and you stop giving. And when you stop tithing and you stop giving, you're telling yourself where your heart's at. Now it's hard for you to... See, I, 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 I hesitate to, to, to preach this way, to teach this way, because I know people feel like I'm picking on them. But I'm really, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm loving on you is really what I'm doing. But, 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 but now, now it's hard for you to get here every Sunday. The man said to the king, the king said, keep this man. Your first priority is not your wife. Your first priority is not your kids. It's not your job. Your first priority is your relationship with God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. If you don't keep the man, you'll never win your wife and you'll never win your kids. You Listen, you're worried about leaving a legacy, but if you don't live it, you can't leave it. Busy here and busy there, and the first thing you know, you're out of the hedge. Acts chapter, go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. Look at it. I guess y'all kind of concluded that we're just having a talk today, aren't we? Just having a talk. I've been busy all week, so I just come home to talk to you. 
Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. Look what Peter said. He said, and with many other things, and many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Watch this, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Save yourself from this untoward generation. The word untoward means offensive to the Holy Ghost. Save yourself from a generation that's offensive to God. Have you ever seen a generation that was more offensive to God than we are now? Donna and I, a week or so back when, when I was down in Charleston taking some treatments, we went over to the beach. And uh, I, I don't know why they bothered to put the little string on. I mean, you ain't got nothing on anyway. You might as well not put the string on. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad when a man, if you got your children with you, you, you can't be on a public beach without, without having to cover their eyes. A generation that's offensive to the Holy Ghost, offensive to God, it's offensive to me. I, I, don't, I don't like to be walking down the beach with my wife and some naked woman come walking by. Some old dude that's, old, that's as old as I am walking by with just a little bitty strap thing on. I mean, come on, dudes, you're not 18 no more, right? <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't pay me to walk down the beach with one of those on. <laughs> keep yourself from this offensive generation. Keep yourself, keep yourself from the pornography that's everywhere. Keep yourself from the perversion. Keep yourself from the addiction that's everywhere. Hedge yourself up with the Word. Hedge yourself up with the Word. Paul said, I'm saved, but I buffet my body every day. He said, I beat it up. I have to beat my body up every day. I knock it into subjection. Now listen to this. Go with me to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 13. Even though my wife was decently dressed, I still thought she was further than the ladies with the strings walking around. Yeah. <laughs> Judges chapter 13 and verse 25. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him, talking about Samson, began to move him at times. In the camp of Dan. The spirit of the Lord, one, another translation says, and the spirit began to move him from time to time. Now listen to what I'm about to tell you. Samson was a mighty man of God. He had a mighty move of God on his life. But it doesn't really matter what you do when everybody's looking and the spirit of God's on you that way. What matters is, it says here, that the Spirit of God began to move him from time to time. What matters is what you do on the, what you're doing at the in between times. Did y'all hear what I said? I said it's the in between times that count. It's the in, it's the, it's the, it's the in between times that you got to watch. 
He moved it from time to time, but there's those in-between times, those times when you're by yourself and you're tired and nobody knows who you are and nobody's watching you. That's when you've got to keep your body, your eyes, your ears, your mind, your tongue, your anger, your lust. You've got to keep it all hedged up because those in-between times are when you'll get in trouble. David was having an in-between time when he was laid up on the rooftop resting. You, you, that's when you get in trouble is when you decide that you need a rest from God for a while. I, I, just, I just need to take a break from church. I just need a break from church for a few weeks. I'm just so busy. I'm just so tired of church. I just need a break. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to get in trouble. You don't always, I'm talking about those in-between times, you don't always feel the Holy Ghost. You don't always feel saved. You don't always feel sanctified. And there's more of those in-between times than not. But here's what I have found out. If you want the anointing of God on your life, you get it at the in-between times. Because God watches who you are at those in-between times when nobody else can see who you are. Are y'all okay? God watches then. It's at the in-between time. That's when you hedge the man in prayer. It's at the in-between time. That's when you stay with God in worship. It's at the in-between time when you stay in the Word. Or it's at the in-between time when we get out of the hedge. You can find me at the in-between time. Let me tell you. And I'm not bragging, I'm just stating the fact. Most of my in-between times, or you, you look at that water, you think I'm going to knock it over, don't you? Mm -hmm. Landing, every time I walk up for your land, it looks at that bottle of water. <laughs> you, most of my in-between times are spent on the back porch with a Bible in my hand. My wife can tell you that's the truth, because here's what I have found out. If I let my mind wander, it'll wander into some things that it shouldn't. But if I keep my mind focused, the in-between times is where the anointing, the in-between times is where you become the man or the woman of God that you want to be. The in-between times, the in-between times. Don't always feel the Holy Ghost. Don't always feel saved. But at the in-between time, you become who you want to be. I remember my dad. You, you, so, uh, most of y'all remember my dad. He passed away, what, a couple of years ago now, Donna? Two, about two years ago. And I would go up to his house, and he would be sitting in the, in the rocking chair. He'd, he'd be sitting in, in, in the middle of the day. He'd be sitting in the house with the lights out halfway in the dark, just sitting there. And I say, oh, man, what are you doing? And, and he'd say, I'm just talking to the Lord. Or I'd go up, and he'd be sitting with a Bible. It's the in-between times. He knew how to focus and stay occupied at the in-between times. What are, you, what are you doing with your in-between times? What, what do you do with your image? Are you, are you the kind of person you've always got to be entertained? 
You've always got to be getting into something. If, you, if, you, if that's the kind of person you are, you would drive me crazy. <laughs> I, 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 here's what I like to do with my in-between time. Leave me alone. Let me sit still. Let me, I mean, let, let me like my daddy, let me, let me just sit and think and, and, and talk to God about it, my in-between time. If you lose the man, you lose yourself. If you lose the man, you lose yourself. It's surprising how people start to miss church once a month, twice a month. Then you can't hardly find them in church. Then the next thing you know, you hear that they've got a divorce or they got a DUI or they got busted with something they shouldn't have had in their possession. And you say, well, they were some of the best members I had. How'd that happen? How'd that happen to them? Because in their in-between time, they didn't keep the man hedged up. I said, in the in-between time, they didn't keep the man hedged up. They'd rather be down at the beach walking with a string on <laughs> than in the altar praying. Who in the world ever thought about walking with a string on? I don't know why I'm getting off on that. I just, because I, recently we were there, I get. How'd they get in that mess? They didn't keep the man. You say, Pastor, you're getting so negative, so negative. Listen, if you want power on, if you want to get the power out of a battery, it's got a positive and a negative. And, and you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. Here's what we need in today's gospel. We need some thou shalt nots. Because, listen, because everybody's got a, everybody's preaching a greasy, gracy, slide straight into hell gospel. We need somebody to stand up and say, thou shalt not, it's still written in the Bible. You got to keep the man. You got to stay in the hedge. You cannot trust yourself. You can't do it. You, you think you can trust yourself, but you can't trust yourself. You can't do it. I would never do that. You're the first one there to do it. Uh-huh. You can't trust yourself. Watch this. Watch this. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 still says it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Now, if to seek first means to properly prioritize, prioritize it in its proper place. If I'm putting the kingdom of God first, there's a lot of other things that I won't get into. I mean, it's a bottle of water right there, Landon. Watch it for me. I mean, I mean, if if you would just ask yourself, oftentimes, what am I doing here? Is this is this seeking the kingdom of God first? Am I seeking the kingdom of God first? Properly prioritize. Properly prioritize. Properly prioritize. Do you have your priorities straight? Do you have your priorities straight? Properly prioritize. Watch this. I'm going to close with this scripture right here. Go over to Psalms chapter 38. It's a short sermon today. Actually, it's not even a sermon. We just had a talk. Psalms 
We just had a talk. Psalms chapter 38. And uh, I, I want you to read this right here with me. We get over here. Psalms 38. And I'm going to tell you a story here in a moment, too. Psalms 38, and look at verse, look at verse, uh, look at verse 16. For I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continuing before me. Watch now. I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. I will declare my iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. See, godly sorrow worketh repentance that needeth not to be repented of. Did you hear what I said? A godly sorrow worketh repentance that needeth not to be repented of. A godly sorrow is not, I'm sorry that I got caught. A godly sorrow is not, I'm sorry that I got into trouble. A godly sorrow is, God, I'm sorry that I sinned against you. God, it's, with, it's me and you, and I'm sorry that, that I sinned against you. That kind of sorrow doesn't need to be repented of because you take care of it. Is everybody still with me? I pastored a man one time. And God started to bless him, and God started to prosper him. And he come to me, and he said, Pastor, I'm going to have to be out of church six months, maybe a year. He said, uh, I'm going to build my wife her dream house, and then I'll, be, uh, then I'll be back in church. I said, I won't call his name, but I said, Sir, you're, you're doing wrong. I said, you, 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 you can't. Throw God down to, to, to build your house and have a blessing in your life and forget about God. He said, well, it won't take me but six months to a year, and, and, then, and then, then I'll be back. In the six months that he was gone, I started hearing about him smoking dope and getting involved in stuff again, you know. He's building that house, building that house. He finally got the house built, moved into the house, had lived there about a month, came back to church, and was complaining about a toothache, a toothache, a toothache, a toothache. There was an infection that got in his tooth that went to his brain, it went to his heart. And he lived in that house that he built for his wife maybe two months, and he was dead. Let me tell you, if I'm dying and I'm stepping out into eternity, I don't want God to say, why did you miss church the last year of your life? If I'm dying and I'm stepping out into eternity, I don't want God to say, why was you so busy here and there that you let that man out the hedge? No. Church, listen, I know this is different today, but this is what I come by to tell you. We better pay attention, and we better keep the man, we better keep the man in the hedge. 
And, and just like Peter said, we, we've got to be careful to save ourselves from this untoward generation. Save ourselves from this offensive generation. Offensive to God. Just seems natural to us because it's the, it's the generation we live in. But to God, it's offensive. To the Holy Ghost, it's, 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 it's futrified. It's offensive. He doesn't like it. More, sing me an anointed song. And I tell you what I want to do. I, I, I want to open this altar. And, and if you haven't been as careful as you should be, I'm not saying that you've backslid or that you're away from God. But you, you just want to say, I just need to pay attention. I need to get closer to God again. I need to, to re-up my commitment. This altar's open. You can come down front and pray. The elders are pray with you. Go ahead and sing for me, Mark. Come on. Come on. You need to. Come on. I just want to commit again, God. I just want to commit again. I just need to commit to you again, God.
Come on, make that your prayer right now. Oh, never going back to the way. 